Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I pray that this will be a blessing to you. In our One in Messiah class that we are doing, we have had a few additional things that we've added in from time to time, particularly in regard to various feasts that we're celebrating in this time season of when this class is being held, such as the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement that we've already posted about. And then there's another fall feast coming up here shortly called the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot for the Jewish people. And so in these bonus episodes, if you will, I wanted to bring a few things to bear in this. And one of the ones that I wanted to share with you is today's, and I'd like to discuss the topic of communion today. In the class this week, because we just concluded the Day of Atonement on the Jewish calendar, we talked about the Day of Atonement. We talked about how Jesus is our once-for-all atoning sacrifice. And in that class, I wanted to do something in honor of the Lord's atoning sacrifice for us. So we held communion in class together. And I thought it would be perhaps helpful to bring to you a message about communion, explaining some of that, and hopefully giving you the opportunity to enjoy communion and to understand more of what it really is all about. So I'm hoping that this will be a blessing to you as we discuss this topic today of communion in this bonus lesson regarding our One in Messiah series. What is communion? Some people call it Holy Communion. Some refer to it as the Eucharist. Others call it the Lord's Table in honor of the meal from which Jesus shared this and instituted this ordinance that we follow and we observe periodically. The word communion means the sharing of intimate or meaningful feelings, thoughts, etc. It's the act of holding something in common or participating together. It's a Christian rite or service where bread and wine or bread and juice are consecrated and shared for a special purpose. It's a Christian service to commemorate Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for us, specifically his death and his atoning blood that was shed for us, his once-for-all sacrifice for our sins. Christians and churches and ministries practice this ordinance of communion in various ways and at various times. Let's examine what communion is and what it is not. First, let's understand what it is not. Contrary to the belief of some, it is not a translation or a transformation as some have taught and believed. Some teach that the bread and the wine or the juice actually become the body and blood of Jesus and are not just symbols of it. There's no real verification in Scripture 
of any kind of belief like that, but it appears to be either heretical or at a minimum in error and misinterpretation. Communion is a memorial or a remembrance. The Bible clearly tells us that. We're going to read some of those scriptures here soon. It's a thanksgiving offering or a sacrament commemorating our Lord's sacrifice for us by shedding his precious blood on the cross on that day once for all. It is symbolic. It is a remembrance. It is a memorial of what he did one day, one time, for all sin, for all people. The bread represents Jesus' body broken for us. The scripture clearly tells us that. In Luke chapter 22, verse 19, it says this, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Here, Jesus is holding his final Passover Seder on earth with his disciples the night before he will be betrayed and crucified on the cross. And he is giving them this ordinance of communion, this covenant meal it's also referred to. And in that meal, he is offering them the bread and he tells them, this bread is not my actual body, but it represents my actual body. He's standing there holding the bread, holding the matzah in that case, because it was during the Passover season. He was going to die as the Passover lamb, and it was the season of unleavened bread. So he's holding this matzah, this unleavened bread, in his hand. He is the real person that's standing there. He is the one in the actual body. He is the living son of God, holding this bread in his hand. And he tells them, this is my body, which is given for you. In other words, this represents, it is a memorial to you. This is in remembrance and symbolic of my body that is about to be broken and given for you do this in remembrance of me. So it doesn't become his body, but it is an act of remembrance for his body. There is the symbolic body in the bread. We are to do it in remembrance of him, remembrance of his death on the cross, remembrance of his broken body, remembrance of the seven places that he is shedding his blood for our sins from his body, remembering his torture in his physical body, remembering his disfigurement in his physical body. Isaiah tells us that he could barely even be recognized. He was so disfigured. Remembering the pain and suffering that he endured for us by taking of the bread, we're remembering those things that Jesus suffered on our behalf. The juice or the wine represents his blood that was shed for us, and it is for the remission of sins, according to Matthew's gospel. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 27 through 29, Matthew says this, Then he took the cup and gave thanks, 
and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So Matthew is telling us here that this cup that was drunk, this cup of juice or wine that was to be drunk, is representative of the blood, his blood, of the new covenant shed for many, for all who will receive it and believe it, for the remission of their sins. In other words, to wash away our sins, to forgive all of our sins, and to pardon us completely from all of those sins. This cup was the third cup that they would have drunk in Passover. In the Passover Seder, there are four cups. The fourth cup, Jesus said, I'm not going to drink this again until we drink it anew together in the kingdom. But this was the third cup, the cup of redemption, taken from Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 through 7, the four I wills that God promises them. And it's called the cup of redemption. It's the third cup. And he drinks that because that's the cup representing the blood that he will shed for the remission, forgiveness, and pardon of our sins in our place. Jesus instituted this ordinance that we call communion. Paul affirms it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The apostles in Acts practiced it regularly, probably even weekly. These were Jewish men. And every week in the Shabbat, they do the Kiddush cup and the bread weekly. And so this was very likely what they were doing. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it talks about four things that every church should be practicing on a regular basis when they come together. One of those is called breaking of bread, representing the Lord's table or communion. And so it's very likely that the early church did that every single week. Different ministries, different churches do this at various frequencies, various times. Some do it every week. Some may do it once a month. Some may do it every day in their homes or, or whatever. That's a personal conviction between you and the Lord and between the pastor of that church and the Lord, etc., but the apostles did it regularly. And it is a good thing for us to regularly be breaking this bread together, be taking of communion together. There are three primary specialties and gems, I call them, of communion that I want us to remember now. And at this point, I began to draw down to a close of this particular session. And then we actually did communion together. But these three things I want to leave you with. First of all, it is a memorial of our Savior's death for us. We covered that a few moments ago in all that we've said thus far. But it is also a remembrance of his death connected with his return. I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I want to begin reading in verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, 
Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So here, Paul is connecting the two together, both the remembrance of his death and his coming back for us. And it's important that we understand that they are connected. It looks backward at his death and is thankful for the cross, but it's also looking forward to his return for us because we are now his bride. That's the third element, is that it is a covenant meal between the groom and the bride. It is a covenant meal that would be entered into in the ancient Jewish wedding custom. And the bread and wine, when they partook of that, they were accepting the covenant terms, agreeing to marry each other, and consecrating one another, sealing that covenant meal, sealed their covenant relationship and their union as bride and groom, and they were considered married. They were betrothed at that point. The groom, in those cases, in those days, in this ancient Jewish wedding custom, would offer marriage to the bride, in essence, popping the question to the bride, we would call it here in America, through the offer of the bread and the wine, when he would give it to them and ask them to partake of it. The bride's answer, if she would answer yes to his proposal for marriage, then she would accept the cup and the bread and drink of it and eat of it. This was called the covenant meal. So these three elements I'd like for you to remember as you partake of communion in the next time that you have the opportunity to, or if you'd like to partake now and get you some bread and some wine and have communion in your home right now and do this ordinance before the Lord, between you and the Lord even right now. Remember his death that he did die for us and his blood that was shed to pay for our sins and his body that was broken for us. Also, remembering that he is coming again. He is our groom. He is our savior. And we are looking forward to his return and the promise of his return for us. And lastly, that it is us accepting and reaffirming that we choose Jesus. We choose him and we say, yes, we are yours. And we agree to have him as our groom, and we become his bride. We accept his covenant offer, and we have partaken of the covenant meal. So in honor of the Day of Atonement that I realize they are fasting, the Jews have fasted for the entire Day of Atonement, and they would not break that fast until the end of the Day of Atonement. And they are crying out for repentance, Let's commit to praying that they will come to Yeshua, the Messiah, whether it's on the Day of Atonement or some other time. 
but let's pray for them to come to realize that Yeshua the Messiah has died and has paid the atonement, the sacrifice for their sins. He is the Lamb of God that came to take away the sin of the world. But I want us to consider this in partaking of communion. On this holy and solemn remembrance day, we partook of communion as a reminder of what Jesus did for us as our atoning sacrifice, because Jesus has forgiven us our sins. In the class, I gave them a small exercise that they did. I had just passed out index cards and red pens, and I mentioned to them, I said, just write down your sins. You can write down specific sins, or you can just write down my sins, and then take the red pen and X them out over them and write pardoned or forgiven. This might even be a witnessing tool that you can use, simple witnessing tool that you can use to share the gospel with people, to show them that because of what Jesus did on the cross, all of their sins that stare them in the face or that they have can be fully pardoned, forgiven, and wiped clean because of Jesus' work on the cross, his finished work and his work alone. And then we took of communion, reminding each other that we were accepting and reaffirming our commitment in marriage to our Lord, reaffirming that we appreciate and remember his death for us and the fact that he has promised to come again. So I pray that when you partake of communion the next time, and perhaps from times in the future from now on, that you would remember these points and thank God, celebrate and remember him and his blood that was shed for you, his body that was broken for you, and do it in remembrance of him until he comes. I pray that this has been a blessing for you and that you can join us again for more messages in our One in Messiah series and in all of our other messages and series that we bring to you from Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen.